Hello and welcome to the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. I am Avenging Ben. And I'm Whole Milk Mike. And we are here to cut all the bullshit and get right to the nitty gritty of the world of pro wrestling, both television and indie. Let's get started. Yes, indeed. Let's get the ball rolling on this, our inaugural first episode. Again, my name is Avenging Ben. And I'm Home of Mike. And we're going to go down the card of all the wacky, weird, good and terrible things that have happened in the world of pro wrestling in the past week and the past month. So we're going to kick it off by talking about Raw and SmackDown in quick succession because I think we can agree SmackDown was better than Raw this week. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, like, honestly, for the past four or five fucking weeks, I think it's been the better show. Well, except the week that they had the Fatal 4-Way. On, uh, yeah, that was actually a really good... But honestly, that was, that was the, the last... the last two weeks... Last two that weeks was the last... But let's down. be fair here. That was the last 30 minutes of that show. To be fair, that Raw up until that point was really kind of... Eh, but up until that, it was, it was kind of average, all things considered. Yeah, you got was, a point. But like uh, the thirty minutes, like raised it from like a C to like a B plus. It was such a good, good fucking ending. I was jumping up and down like crazy for that. Yeah, and that's the problem with Raw these days. You have to wait for the last thirty minutes to be hyped about something. We don't get hyped. We stay hyped. You know it, bro. Oh God! Like, we're, like we're t- funny enough transitioning to like we're talking about Raw and SmackDown. We have the hype bros on SmackDown. Well, they, were, they had a tag team match on SmackDown up against the Usos, and that was actually pretty good. The Usos have gone full-on heel now. Yeah, but they still have their shitty music still. Which yeah, they I need to change. Which our good friend Hipster Isaac loves. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, like, when it comes to the Usos, like, they didn't work for me as faces, and they're still not working for me now. It's the only thing I can tolerate them a little bit more. I can tell them apart a little bit easier. Yeah, because one of them wears a tank top, and the other one just goes shirtless. I guess. But like going in sequential order, I think like the key points to take away from Raw would be just going in order. Like That bullshit finish to the women's match really irked the two of us. Yeah, because in our opinions, it was a double pin. It was a double pin. In fact, we're not the only ones. I've been kind of crowdsourcing Twitter earlier today, and every single fucking person agrees that finish was a load of shit. But, like, do these guys yeah. not know what a double pin is? I guess not, but apparently the match that they're going with is the same old shit that we've been seeing for the past two months now, which is Sasha and Charlotte. Two months? We've been seeing that for the past two years. That's what all they've been doing on friggin' uh, on NXT. Yeah, but I'm t- talking technically on the main roster. It's been two months now. It has been a very long, grueling stretch with that. Basically, like, it really shows you how shallow the women's division on Raw is, because it's really just the four of them and Nia Jax. Yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't even put Dana Brooke in that conversation yet. She's just there. She's just kind of there. She's not she's not the worst. She's not good. She's just kind of there for me. They brought her up way too soon. She should have stayed in NXT a little longer. Just, just like a little longer. Like I, when she appeared on Raw, I was like, "What? What, what the fuck is she doing there?" Oh, like, it made sense at but the time. Th- it made sense at the time with uh, Emma, but now that Emma's gone, it's like, okay, now it's just a waste. It is a waste. It's just like they put her together with Charlotte, and it really doesn't work. Yeah, it's, really, it's just re- it feels re- it feels really forced. Thank, yeah, thank you. It just oh my god, just end it already. Just fucking, they did end it, and then they started it again. Like, she's still our assistant. Why? Why keep her? And, we're, and, la- and, and as fans, we're supposed to care about Dana Brooke? Like, really? Were we supposed to pop when she was put into the triple threat match? Well, the crowd did pop for the slap, but... Yeah, because we wanted to see that. They'll pop for anything. They pop for those balloons that were in the crowd last week when they dropped all the balloons. They popped for those. Literally popped. Oh, well, fuck puns. God damn it. <laughs> but, like, further to the point, like, Rod, they got through, they got to do another match in the Shame Cesaro series, or as I like to call it, fucking ended already! 
in the match of 37 that these two have had. It's been more than seven matches. It's been like freaking 15 plus matches. Yeah, it's good matches, but I can't take it anymore. It's like having nothing but Sheamus and Cesaro like chocolate. It's good chocolate, but I don't want any more of it. Oh my god! And Cesaro won by cheating. Oh, he's the baby face. Double turn? Question mark? No. You you want to know why he grabbed the ropes? Why? Because fuck you. That's why. Fuck you, that's why. He grabbed it because fuck you. Moving on, we got to, oh, your favorite segment every week, the New Day and the Bullet Club oh segment. Oh, God. Your was, stance on the New Day is that they have not been good since WrestleMania. Am I correct? That is correct. They, ever since they turned officially babyface, they have just sucked and sucked. It even sucked even more last week and now this week. Just the funniest bit. The, the funniest funny. bit of this entire. The funniest bit. I agree with you, but the funniest bit of this entire bit. This genuinely got a chuckle out of me when they were like, "We're going to show the footage of the old day." No, we're not. We burned that footage. <laughs> that was kind of funny. I like that bit, but like, they feel more scripted. It feels less like them talking to us and more like Vince telling them what to say. This is this is Vince McMahon's humor. It's he really finds he what Vince McMahon finds funny. Us normal blinking, breathing, cognitive people don't find funny. Children they, don't find that funny. Monkeys don't find that funny. Everybody, everybody on the main roster is trying to be Fozzie Bear. It doesn't fucking work like that. Oh my god! So speaking of Fozzie Bear, you were amazed Chris Jericho is still there. Like he hasn't gone on tour with Fozzie yet. Yeah, but I think after Clash of Champions, he's gone bye-bye for a little bit. Okay, and then he'll return again. He needs to stop like coming back every six-something months. He, he, he needs to either stay on like full-time, or he just needs to finally go away, because it, it's, it's, it's about time. <laughs> Try telling him that on Twitter. See what kind of reaction no, you get. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> gift. The you gift stupid idiot. Jericho. You stupid idiot, Mark. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> he would say that. He would. Chris Jericho has hit this wonderful point in his career where he just solidly doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yep. He's just. And, like, he's and, and wearing these him. fucking scarves. Oh, who he's could been, fucking blame him? He's been wrestling for over twenty years now. Like the guy at this point has like earned every right to be as ridiculous as he has because. He just solidly does not care anymore. Yeah, he really didn't care at SummerSlam when he was trying to get in Brock Lesnar's face. Oh my god, if that didn't earn him like if that didn't earn him points with the entire locker room, I don't know what well if the locker room didn't love him enough already, I'm sure that like gave him a boost. Yep. The guy who stood up to Brock Lesnar, a man who I'm quite I'm quite sure could lift a school bus and eat it. <laughs> Clark Lesnar. This is this is a guy who this is a guy who goes out in the woods and just wrestles bears. Just wrestles a bear. I, I actually believe that. I you, the image of Brock Lesnar fighting a bear is an awesome one, but sadly, awesome is not what I would use to describe this raw. And it's like what three squash matches? Yeah, three unnecessary squash matches. Let's count them up. Well, the Nia Jax squash match was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Just her but, kicking the ever-loving shit out of Alicia Fox. Yeah, but poor Alicia. Oh my god, I, I hope. But, like, she's looked fucking dead after that match. It's sad to see what happened. What has happened to her. I know. She was actually, she was getting a pretty significant push several years ago, but now just nothing. Yep, she, she has turned into a Bella, and that's the problem. Oh my god, even the Bellas aren't like at that level anymore. At least like Nikki Bella is like actively doing things. Yep. Moving on to the rest of it. Like Raw this week was honestly the most average in it ever. It was really just <laughs> Sorry about 
If you hear the background noise, an ambulance is passing by my house. <laughs> nothing, nothing going with nothing going. If this is our first time doing this, is going to be some hiccups. It's like moving yeah. on to get through Raw. Honestly, Raw hasn't given us much to talk before. It's honestly just Raw's less of a thing I enjoy, more of an obligation at this point. And that's a sad thing. And that is the really sad thing. Like last week uh, was the Kevin the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns main event was was that this week or last week? It was this weekend. It was this weekend. It was a really great match. That match was really fucking good. To be honest, I would put that match over Zayn and Owens from last week. Yeah, it was. A, yeah, it was honestly a much more gripping match because I didn't think Sami Zayn was going to win this, but I thought Roman Reigns had a chance of winning it. Yeah, and Roman Reigns has improved so much this year. Oh my god! Like I completely understand why people put him on the top of like those top 100 top 500 list because yeah he's been he's been a fucking workhorse this year he's and he's there all the time he was he's, and the only reason he wasn't there he's not, for like, he's, not uh, he's not Brock Lesnar who goes away for like 6 months and then comes back and immediately goes into a big feud Roman no, Reigns is there on live events he's there on live events he's there on weekly television he's at the pay-per-views he's at the signings he and does he all busts, the network stuff and he, and he busts his ass he busts his ass. People at this point, I think, are just booing him out of spite. He, Roman Reigns is seriously not that bad. There's other people on the roster that are bad, but Roman Reigns, he doesn't deserve it. He one really, bit. He one does not, bit. not one bit of the hate he's getting. Mostly, I think people boo because they're sheep. <coughs> like They go along with it just because they feel like it. Because like the, people, the people around them are booing, and they're like, oh, they're booing, I should boo too. I don't want to seem like a nerd. It's the cool thing to do at these live events. It's, just, it's like like people singing John Cena sucks, even though John Cena doesn't suck anymore. Yeah, that started to die down a little bit, I, I, especially on oh, they were cheap. I, I, oh. I, did, I didn't hear that. To transition to a good segue, to transition to SmackDown, the far superior show of the week, like John Cena returns after being beaten at, by AJ at SummerSlam. He comes out, and then I don't know what was going on tonight, but people were just throwing out like the sauce, the saucy insults that night. Yep, and they were in Philly. They were in tough, Philadelphia. A tough city to have a wrestling event in. And then, the craziest fucking thing after years of high, this is Philadelphia, the place that hijacked the Royal Rumble. Like, they hijacked the Royal Rumble and booed The Rock. They booed the Rock, and then these people are now going. They're booing Dean Ambrose, who is, I think, becoming the heel, and they are cheering John Cena. What is going on? It's the year 2016. Nothing makes sense this year anymore. But like, we have AJ Styles, our brand new WWE champion, and I still cannot get used to saying that. Like, I, like I told you, Ben, last night. Like in 2006, 10 years ago, when he was in TNA wrestling for the X Division title against guys like Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe, I would have never thought he would win the WWE title. But I, n- me neither. Like he was Mr. TNA for the longest time, and then he was Mr. IWGP. He was Mr. ROH, and now he's Mr. WWE. It's amazing. It's amazing how things work out. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan, and yet people are still going to complain. Do you remember like a few months ago where people would be like, oh, he lost to Jericho at WrestleMania. He's getting buried. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think uh, people it, along the way have forgotten what the word buried means. Yes. Yeah, so somebody needs to go in the dictionary and change it up so people can fucking understand what the word buried there, means. These schmucktard internet fanboys who are just like, oh, he lost the match. He's getting buried. Get out the shovel. Triple H is burying him. Okay. Here's the difference. <laughs> Losing a match is not the same thing as being buried. Okay, the Vaughn villains have been buried. The Ascension have been buried. Curtis well, Axel has, oh, God, well, we'll get to that. But in general, up until last night, like friggin' who else? Uh, oh, he, no, not even him anymore. Uh, Tyler Breeze. Tyler Breeze. When has he been debuted, buried. he was immediately buried. Just immediately. That's a burial. When you don't get TV time, your matches don't matter, you don't get significant storylines, 
when no AJ Styles since his debut has been in like four different four to five different storylines. He's feuded with Jericho. The feud he ended up winning, he beat him in the Fatal Four Way match to become number one contender. He feuded with Roman Reigns. He feuded with John Cena. And then he feuded with Dean Ambrose. He's feuding with Dean Ambrose and John Cena now. He's been in multiple feuds. So if you at this point are still saying, oh, he's getting buried. He's going to get out of his shovels. He's going to be buried. You clearly don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It's sad. Oh, God. It's really sad. Go, go, go back to that dark corner of the internet where you're just like, the Attitude Era was better. Stone Cold would have never been buried like this. Go back to like your Vince Russo fanboy place and just complain over there. And we're not going to talk about what Vince Russo has been saying the last couple of weeks because like, he needs more attention. Like that guy needs any more fucking attention. Bro, let me tell you, bro. David Arquette was a better champion than Kevin Owens will ever be. And I'm like, oh, God. No, 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 no. We give yeah exact thank you best sound effect at the best fucking time you know hit me with another one thank you Vince fucking Russo can go squarely fuck off because that guy one of two things he either a doesn't know what he's saying is complete horseshit or he does and he just doesn't care and he just loves to piss people off. He really does. Say whatever you want about Jim Cornette. I hate that guy, too. But at least he's not actively going out of his way to piss people off. It just happens what he has to say is complete horseshit, too. Both are equally hateable. They're both equally hateable. But if I had to listen to one talk, I'd rather listen to Jim Cornette. He's a little, he's a little more insightful. He's a better storyteller. That's he is a much better sure. storyteller. I listened to a few of his, like, shoot interviews where he talked about like Dan Severin and the Brawl for All and that stuff's actually pretty funny and it was gonna be a shoot <laughs> that stuff's actually pretty funny but moving on to the rest of Smackdown we were talking about the Ascension the As like Heath Slater finally signs his Smackdown contract yeah but and apparently on Target Smack they apparently are going with the thing that he didn't sign it what fuckers, we saw him sign it he signed it, and then put the pen in the book, and then he cut. And then he cut a promo about how he just signed. You can't do that. You you did the thing. Oh my so god! This, they don't know that that one segment. They just did not understand what the hell they were doing. Unless Daniel Bryan and Renee just fucked up immediately. Oh my god! But by the way, on talking smack, they fucked up so much on that show. How did they? they I I only I only caught the end of the Alexa Bliss thing. How did they fuck up? They were fucking up with Alexa when they were doing her, the interview with her. Renee kept asking her the same question like three times in a row. It's like, "What was your strategy going into tonight? And how did you how did you feel about winning tonight?" It's like, it's like she just said it five minutes ago, and you can see how pissed off Alexa looks. We have our yeah, like uh, on that note, we have our number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Alexa Bliss, which I am very happy about because I'm a big fan of hers. And it's going to happen at No Mercy. And by the way, the graphics for No Mercy look phenomenal. They really do. They look like old school pay-per-view graphics with just HD pictures, cool lighting. I think it looks classy. Yep. But moving on, we talked, we're talking about Heath Slater and Rhino, the new tag team champions, which I'm very happy about. I'm very happy that unlike what a lot of people were predicting, I'm very happy they didn't immediately have them drop the titles to the USO. Give them a month. Give them a month with the titles. That's all I want. Just give them four weeks with the belts, have them build up a couple of days, and then have them lose them. But who is the team for them to lose to? The Usos? Or do, you think, or do you think it should be somebody else? Like, as far as teams to lose to, well, they fought the, they fought the dissension. This, when we saw them come out, we were like, wait a minute, they're still there? I thought one of them was released. But like, no, he was just suspended. They're back? Yeah. When, like, I, they, when they came back, I was like, this has to be a joke. Oh, we, be, were, this, this we were legitimately, cruel, sick joke. we were legitimately afraid for a minute that, that they were literally going to give the titles to the fucking Ascension. We, you and me were literally <laughs> like, oh, God, oh, Jesus. Exactly. Thank you. But regardless, like, the match was okay. They always put on a serviceable match. And thank God Heath and Rhino retained, which I'm Yeah, there was one botch by Victor and Connor, but oh, gee, overall, they botched. They cleaned it up a little better. That was the first what-the-fuck moment of the night. The we'll get to the, get to the other ones. Let me just finish up. As far as like the team I think should beat Heath and Rhino, to take 
SmackDown's tag division forward. We need a heel tag team to put the belts on. So as much as I'm not really a fan of them, put them on the Usos. They're the heels now. They'll, somebody can chase them. And then it could be it could be the Hype Bros. It could be somebody else. American yeah. Alpha. American Alpha, of course. Hell, like, but moving on. Well, Curtis Axel, I mean, uh, Kurt Hawkins came back. Maybe he could team with somebody. We have possibilities here. Speaking of. Yeah, we need to talk about what the fuck they did with him. Okay, first off, I want to clarify something. I found out apparently Kurt Hawkins did debut. He had a dark match. Against who? Uh, Some local jobber. But in the last couple weeks, they've been hyping it up. Hyping it up that that night was going to be his his official return to TV. Exactly. They and were we gonna do like nothing. big debut for him, and like all we get is just a promo. And him uh, doing a split, looking at us through his legs. Legs, like, yeah. What the fuck he was he doing? He's looking through his legs, and he's saying, "Curtis, Kurt Hawkins is known to scare clocks into ticking counterclockwise." Well, he just well he scared me during that segment because I was like, "What the fuck happened to you?" I don't want to see Brian Myers, the Prince of Queens, looking at me through his legs. Stop signs, say please and thank you to Kurt Hawkins. Exactly. <laughs> like he's, been doing, he's been doing these Chuck Norris – he's basically been doing Chuck Norris facts about himself. Like He's been seeing stuff like Kurt Hawkins – when Kurt Hawkins' round cow, roundhouse kicks you in the face, your ancestors feel it. When Kurt Hawkins pushes a mountain – when, a, when Kurt Hawkins walks towards a mountain, the mountain gets out of the way. Or some shit like that. Or Kurt Hawkins has been known to scare clocks. Exactly. Ticking counterclockwise. Exactly. No, that was the one where he's looking through his legs split-legged. And it's so fucking good. But he doesn't have a match. He just cuts this weird-ass promo. And then he says, W Smackdown Live, it's time. It's time to face the facts. Face the facts. Literally. Yeah, and then we go from that to Jack Swagger showing up on SmackDown. Okay, literally, Jack Swagger in 48 hours has had two of the weirdest segments in all of wrestling history, and I say that sincerely. Last night, interviewer goes up to him after his match and says, Jack, your contract is with Raw is, ex- with Raw is expiring soon. What's your plan for the future? Zooms in on his face, and he just goes, huh. <sighs> <sighs> He literally is just breathing in and out really heavily. And then, tonight, Baron Corbin beats the shit out of Apollo Crews, and then Jack Swagger comes out, and he's like, I'm here to make an impact on SmackDown Live, and I'm going to start with you, Baron Corbin. And I'm like, Jack, what the fuck are you doing? Is Jack Swagger getting the push now? I'm going to be the face of SmackDown. I'm going to be the face of SmackDown. He's going with his stupid lisp. And I'm like, we <laughs> joked about this last night. We joked about this. You get a push. He gets a push. He gets a push. You get a push. You get a push. Everybody gets a push. Triple H is apparently Oprah. He is apparently Oprah. He's giving out pushes like candy. Like Moving on with the rest of SmackDown, like I said, Alexa Bliss is now our number one contender for the Women's Championship, and that was a very good Fatal 5 way. I thought that was a lot of fun, although Carmella threw one of the weakest super kicks I've ever seen. Oh, oh, Carmella, oh my god. She needs to stop. She needs to go back to NXT. She ain't ready to be on her own. They Not a fan? Her, they should have just put her with Enzo and Cass. Her, so far, her singles push is not yeah, impressing me. Yeah, that's... It's really where they should have put her. It, 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 it suited her a lot better. She, she's just not ready. She's just not ready for it. And I say that she's fine in the ring. I like her just fine. But she's... Oh, my God. She's just so... She's sloppy. She's really sloppy. Especially compared to people like Alexa Bliss and Naomi and Natalia who are much better suited for her. They're much better suited to, for that spot. It's just weird. Oh god. Her wretched freaking feet music. Listen to a second. My name is Carmella. Hey. Oh god. Such shit indeed. Like we had 
again, like the Usos went over on the hype bros again, like just like they did at Backlash. And then the meat of this Raw was really the interaction between Dean Ambrose, AJ Styles, and John Cena. And the big crux of this was they were just throwing out the insider terms on these. They, they, on these, were, like, shooting. Shoot, they, they were, were shooting. They were shooting hardcore. John Cena says to him, you know, Stone Cold was right about you on his podcast. And the whole crowd was like, whoa. And then Dean Ambrose was like, just talk from another lazy part-timer. Whoa. First off, there's one issue with that. What? John Cena hasn't been a part-timer yet. 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 So they basically just threw that one out there. Basically, Cena was injured. He was. Yeah. I understand what Dean Ambrose meant, but in the context, it's like... he. I know he wasn't there, but technically he wasn't supposed to because he was hurt. But... John Cena won that battle. He really did. And then the main event was supposed to be a tag team match between John Cena, Dean Ambrose versus AJ Styles and a partner of his choice. And now, he went through several different people. He went and approached Baron Corbin. He went and approached Kane. But then Daniel Bryan comes out and says, we have the perfect partner for you. And this led to the third what the fuck moment of this SmackDown. And when this happened, you lost your goddamn mind because making his return to WWE television. Cue the music. Cue the music. Damn it, Mr. Q, whatever. Making his return to WWE television was James Elworth. Yeah. Oh, my. Right. Hey, like, this was th- that was not shitty. That was fucking hilarious. James Allworth standing there, proud as possible, with his weird ass looking chin, comes out all proud looking, and he's ready. They put him on the graphic for the match. We thought they were serious. At that point, I started losing it. You were ready to just lose just, your to, mind. just to just picture this. You see John Cena and Dean Ambrose. You see AJ with the title, and then the, in the in the corner of your right. You see James Ellsworth just standing there with a fucking smile. Exactly! Here comes the fucking shit! Here comes the But no. Exactly. But the whole point of this main event was you can't pin AJ because he just won the title. So you have to figure who on the roster needs to eat the pin? Well? Oh, man! It's your fucking intercontinental champion. The one that you've been pushing since the draft. The Miz was just there to eat the pen. And sure enough, and sure enough, he did. This guy who we've been building like a fucking star for the past month and a half, and we just job him out again. Wah, wah. Wah, wah, indeed. But then the big news coming out of the end of this Raw was Dean Ambrose supposedly turning heel on John Cena. Which he desperately needs to do. Oh my god, he's desperately needed it. The two people who benefited the most when the shield split were Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And he was okay for the first six months. Then after that, oh my god, did he just... He dove off a cliff, man. How people... Like, I was a fan of the guy. but like Me too. From a distance. I wasn't like... I didn't have the devout, like, like, love I had for him, like, back when he was in the shield. But like... I was like, I still enjoyed him, but as the time went on, he gre- the shtick started wearing off for me really fast. Yeah, and wasn't just- helped by Jeff by by uh, JBL's insufferable fucking commentary every. Oh my God, Michael, he's a lunatic, Michael. We don't have a lunatic for a champion. He's a loony, chunky monkey man, Michael. And that doesn't help at all. Oh my God, Je- Bradshaw, shut the fuck up. Although, oddly enough, he has been getting slightly better on SmackDown now that he doesn't have Michael to scream to anymore. But there was one hiccup where, he called, where he called Mauro Michael. Oh, my God. You can tell he's so That not- shit was funny. That was funny. <laughs> There's another WTF moment from WWE SmackDown. Shout out to WhatCulture.com. Shout out to WhatCulture.com, our, our boy King Ross. But moving on to it, that was pretty much SmackDown in a nutshell. So if our recommendation is, if you want to know which show to watch, watch SmackDown. Watch SmackDown every week. Honestly, I think, I think like the totem, the, like for the weeks I've been watching wrestling, 
like for the weeks ever since the draft and like now that all of the wrestling shows are like CWC is coming to an end tonight we'll get to that later Lucha Underground is back for season 3 and NXT is still weekly so I think like from top to bottom here's how it goes at least for me I'm not including Ring of Honor in this equation and I'm not including New Japan Wrestling because calling and, those, and, and no TNA and no TNA because they're getting better but they're not on like they're not on the chart yet for, in my opinion so here's how like the, the listing goes for me from top to bottom from best to worst it goes Lucha Underground NXT Smackdown Raw and like maybe put and CW really you put NXT up that high yeah NXT consistently puts on quality stuff you see, because in my opinion, they've been going down. Really? If if I was to put my list together, it would be Lucha Underground, CWC, SmackDown, then NXT. Oh, I forgot CWC. Put I put CWC a little bit for me above NXT and right after Lucha Underground because Lucha Underground is such a good show. It's not just a great wrestling show; it's just an entertaining hour of television. And the only reason I say NXT goes down on the list is because. They have lost seemingly almost half of their roster due to the due to the brand split, and now yeah, and now they're bringing in people like Roger Strong reportedly signs with them. But that's going to be a while before those guys show up, so they're still in a weird transitional place. Yeah, right now, and they need to build. They need to build some of these people up. Like Biff Busick is on the fucking roster, and you have him called Oni Lorcan. What the yeah. fuck's an Oni Lorcan? What the f- sounds like an orca from like Shen- sounds like Shamu at SeaWorld. It's like ridiculous. It is ridiculous. But like we're talking about like Raw and SmackDown for this week. Again, Raw average, SmackDown pretty good. But like if you haven't want to show watch a show watch every week, watch Lucha Underground and then watch the CWC and then if you have time watch SmackDown. Yeah, and also if you want to check out Check out the awesome main event of Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens. That if you can find that isolated alone on like Daily Motion or YouTube, go check it out because that was a fantastic match. But moving on to the to the meat of this conversation, we're a, we're a little bit late to the party on talking about this one, but I don't care. I still want to talk about it. We are talking about the sequel to the Hardy Boys Magnum Opus, the final deletion, the sequel delete. Or decay. Very good, very good. <laughs> Perfectly timed. But moving on, if you don't know, and by God, how could you not? Yeah, if you've been living under a rock, get out under the rock. Get out under that rock and Google the final deletion because, my God. Okay, I had not watched a full episode of TNA in years. I had firmly shut the door on them. I'm like, oh, my God, so many stupid decisions, so many wasted talents, horrible management. Dixie Carter, one of the worst heel, one of the worst heel authority figures I have ever seen in my life. I cannot do that. On screen and off screen. On screen and off. One of the worst I've ever seen in my life. She sounds like a soccer mom who's sending Ethan Carter off to soccer practice. Sounds terrible. Could not do it. But then, Isaac sends me a link to a promo that the Hardy Boys did. And if you ever listened to my first appearance on the Heel Turn Wrestling Podcast, another awesome podcast you should listen to. I did them. Shout out to the shout out to Heel Turn, another awesome podcast that you should totally listen to. Isaac was nice enough to let me record, was nice enough to let me record a rant on this Hardy Boys promo, and it was complete shit. And when I talked about this, I thought honestly this was TNA finally giving up and putting like just not caring anymore. But but no, but no, went on, I was have planned. I have completely. 180'd on this whole broken Matt Hardy thing. At first, I thought it was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I still do. But it is now one of the most entertaining things this year in wrestling. I cannot believe that we once thought Matt Hardy was the boring one because he has completely usurped Jeff in terms of entertainment value. And that's pretty shocking. That is really shocking. For those who don't know, we'll give you this. We'll give you the short. We'll give you the sweet and short of it now, and then we'll talk about delete and decay. Basically, to give you the the condensed version, Matt Hardy has gone crazy. He's talking in these weird 
pseudo-British, pseudo-Jamaican voice when he's saying, and he's calling Jeff Hardy Brother Nero. And Which the is, the Nero part is Jeff's middle name, so that's his, where that comes from. That is where that comes from, if you didn't know, if you didn't know where that came from. But what happens is, he's saying, Brother Nero, there can only be one holder of the Hardy dynasty. I challenge you to the last dance in camera. And they have several matches in the impact zone. They have a steel cage match. They have an I quit match. They have a regular match. And then they have a match out in the middle of the woods in North Carolina. <laughs> by their house, in the, right in the middle of North-ass fucking Carolina. And literally, Matt Hardy has an army of killer drones ready to attack Jeff Hardy. And then they have a match out in the middle of the woods complete with fireworks, tasers, and dilapidated, dilapidated boats. boats. Oh my god. Skarsgård, the dilapidated boat. You think we're making this <laughs> shit up, but we are not. We are not making a lick of this bullshit up. What, you're, what we're saying sounds like the delusions of a madman, and it is. If you don't believe us, go on YouTube and go search the Final Deletion. Director's Cut. You'll get the promos leading up to it and that. Google the, go, go, Google the playlist the Broken Matt Hardy Saga, and it'll give you everything you need before and after the final deletion, and it is so good. But you know what's amazing about all of this? If this was their, if the goal of this whole insane thing was to get me and other people to watch TNA Wrestling again, here's the insane thing. It worked. It actually worked. I have been watching TNA solely to see what bonkers bullshit they're going to come up with next. It's it's ridiculous. One week, Matt Hardy's biting a fan's ear off. The next week, he's hypnotizing fans. It's like, it's like you tune in every week to see what ridiculousness can these two do. And before you think, like, the whole time, Jeff Hardy has basically been the straight man to Matt Hardy's insanity. But now, Jeff has gotten... He's a part of it. He's a, he's a part of it. You heard that theme song that our sound guy lovingly played for us. But that is Jeff Hardy's new theme song, and it is literally just that. They literally play that on a loop five to eight times when he's coming down to the ring. And he's dressing like a fucking nut job. He wears a black leather cloak. Yeah. He has you- weird, pale bug eyes. Uh, an earring, slicked hair, and he's drooling at the mouth like a fucking... But he just came out of rehab. Like, like he, he just came out of rehab, and he probably again, did. Again. Like, this is coming from two guys who actually met the Hardy Boys, and let's just say from experience, Matt was the one doing all of the talking that day. It, and Jeff was doing a little... Yeah. If you catch my drift. If you if if get, get what we're talking about. But more to the point, basically... Matt Hardy delete, deletes Brother Nero, and now he's his obsolete mule. Yeah, if people, like, if you think we're saying, like, delete means, like, oh, he just killed Jeff Hardy, no. In Matt Hardy's words, delete means he got rid of everything that you're made of. Jeff Hardy winning all those world titles, like, all of his success is gone. It's like, now, oh, my God. Now all he does think- is make money. And if you think this is just something that's exclusively like tangential to like TNA, like this is like only the only thing they do there, they've taken this. They take this act on the road. I was not in attendance for this show, unfortunately. I had to work that night, and I had to work four days in a row just so I could go to NXT Brooklyn, which was amazing, and so I could watch SummerSlam the night it was broadcast. But I could not go to House of Glory, High Intensity Five. But you did. Tell the nice people about High Intensity 5 before we talk about Delete and Decay. Well, it was an awesome event, as usual. And the Hardys, they drew so many people to there. The, it, it shows... The, it shows it the popularity shows that these two have had. That, like, literally, I, you, you showed me, you sent me some clips of uh, Matt, and Har- Matt and Jeff making their entrances, and everybody was doing, I fade away in clouds, I find myself is obsolete. Obsolete! Everybody was screaming obsolete with them, and that was so great. Sorry I couldn't attend, but I will be. uh, We will be in the house for House of Glory, All or Nothing, in, uh, what is it, on the 24th? 
Yes, at the Queens Elks Lodge. At the Queensboro Elks Lodge, me and Whole Milk Mike will be in attendance for All or Nothing, and the main event will be Ethan Carter III defending the House of Glory Championship against Brian Cage, the which machine. Is, which is our favorite wrestler. He is one of my favorite wrestlers now. Like, ever since I saw him debut, when I saw him make his little debut in Lucha Underground, he'd been doing stuff before that, but that was where I first saw him. He has been so good in Lucha Underground. <laughs> My God, yeah. Brian! If you if you think of hey, if you don't know who Brian Cage is, Google he, him. He has the build of a Scott Steiner, but the agility of a Rey of Mysterio. A Rey Mysterio. It's it's, it's scary. It, he is scarily amazing. He had this match with another amazing big man, the Monster Matanza Cueto, and that match was awesome. It was such a great yeah. match. But moving on, we'll talk about Lucha Underground more in later in more detail at a later time. But for now, let's talk about the sequel to the final deletion, Delete or Decay. So the setup for this match. The, this one really was this one was really different. This one was taking a more a more serious route from the previous one. We start this, off with well, basically off, the storyline going into this is Matt and Jeff have been trying to recapture the tag team championships and the championship of the world. Of the world and they're being held currently by a stable that consists of Crazy Steve, their valet Rosemary, who possibly has usurped Daphne as one of the sexiest crazy monster chicks I have ever seen. Which is and crazy. we have, which is insane. I never thought that could be done because Daphne was one of the sexiest women I had ever seen in all of wrestling. You can hold me to that, but. <laughs> No, seriously, hold me to that. She is one of the hottest women I've ever seen. But the third member, fair enough. The third member is Abyss, who is who's, not who's wearing. Who's been in the his, business for years? Who has been in the business for years, but he's not wearing his weird ass mask anymore. He's the the whole the, the Decay's whole shtick is that they're monsters, apparently. But their whole monster thing boils down to tapping on a lot of weird ass face paint. It and it works. It works just fine. I think it that the works. gimmick works just it works for them. It, it's tongue in cheek, but they they really commit to the gimmick to the point where it's kind of endearing. And Abyss, so, is, and Abyss is fifty years old, and he's still going. He is still give it up for what's his, his name is Joseph Parks, right? Uh, it's, I think it's Chris Parks. Chris Parks. Parks. Give it up for that guy, man, because he has been going strong, and he still puts on a, a pretty good match. Yeah, but I'd go on record and say the the black hole slam is probably one of my all time favorite finishing moves. I love the black hole slam. I think it's such a cool looking move. Yeah, and even in, the, in this segment, he was awesome too. Because but, let's get to it now. Basically, in this feud, well, first we off, have ben, ben. How does this start? How does this start? Where do we first go? The, where do you start dissecting delete or decay? Well. Here's where you start. It starts off with Senor Benjamin digging the graves for decay. And he's individual. He's like personalizing them with names and stuff. And his shovel has delete spray painted on it. Which is a pretty weird visual, but okay. It's a pretty weird visual to see. He's Rebby he's Sky's dad, right? Uh, yes, he's, his, he's Matt Hardy's father-in-law. Okay, he's father-in-law digging. He's their gardener. He's their gardener, the greatest gardener on the planet. But we'll get to that in a minute. But that's then racist, we people. That is racist. No, he's the greatest gardener in the world because he, multi-purpose man. Not only can he garden, not only does he prepare the fields for massacre, but he takes on a business. And for a little bit, he wins. But we'll get to that. What happens is. Okay, this whole thing starts off with Rosemary stopping some dumb redneck in a pickup truck on the side of the road, and she's saying, are you going my way, handsome? And she's, like, doing the creepy tongue shit. She's doing the blinky eyes. But then this guy says, oh, yeah, you just hop on in there, sweetheart. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's stupid as you think it is. And if you've seen enough horror movies, you know where this is going. So Crazy Steve and Abyss jump the truck, and here's where it gets weird. Mike, explain to them what happens to this lowly individual once we come back from them cutting to black. Okay, so you have, you have to picture this. They're in the – Rosemary, Abyss, and Steve are in the truck. They're uh -huh. driving away. We don't see the driver. They're going down the road, and as the camera zooms out, 
you see the driver passed out on the floor on the on the road with his, with his pants with off. his pants around his ankles. Did what they, happened? We don't want to say it, but they might have said Whoa. it for us. What the fuck just happened? Whoa. And unbelievably, I know you're gonna think I'm crazy. It gets weirder from Whoa. there. How does it get weirder? Well, Let's dig in. Let well, us. First, well, well, first off, how does the parties prepare? By boxing with a kangaroo. Okay, this happened before the actual event, but J- Matt Hardy takes Jeff and Senor Benjamin to their private zoo, and they have Jeff Hardy box a goddamn kangaroo. I know you think I am totally off my ass on drugs right now. Google it. This is real. Watch it and watch in amazement. It is and, insane. And at one point, when Matt starts to do it, Jeff is corpsing on camera. He is trying so hard to hide his laughter, and he just goes off screen and just starts laughing his ass off because they know this is ridiculous. They know what this they're is... Doing is stupid. Yeah, when you have a segment with your, well, they have two monkeys who they've named Matt and Nick in tribute to their personal the young, spot monkeys. Their personal spot monkeys, Matt and Nick Jackson, tribute to the young bucks, the ultimate spot monkeys. Oh, you mean the bucks of youth? The Bucks of Youth, who will be fighting the Bucks of Youth. Oh, my God. He comes up with weird names for, like, everybody in TNA. I was so sad when I found out. Did he come up with a fun nickname for a private party when they fought at High Intensity 5? Oh, shit. What did he call them? He called them... um... Isolated Celebration? It was something like that. That's how they should have. We will fight it, it, isolated it, celebration. It was so. It was something like that. It was like like the brothers that loved the party. It was like the some brothers. shit like that. Oh my god! I can't. I can't. I hope they come back. Uh, they're going to be back at House of Glory because they are the tag champions now. They're yeah, they will be. be they will be in, around the New York area for probably hopefully in the next few months. Which I am very much looking forward to. But moving on to the rest. Get, of, we get back to this. They arrive. They arrive, I was like, I hear Cameron is lovely this time of year. And they come to the house, and then they're looking through the windows. They're sort of waving at his son, who is one of the best-behaved children I've ever seen in my life. At no time (laughs) during any of this, he does not scream, he does not cry, he does not whine. He just sort of goes along with what's going on around him. Ben, you know what's the funny part is? When he grows up and he watches all this shit, what do you think his reaction's going to (laughs) be? He's like, gonna be like, like mom, dad, on- uncle. He's gonna be like, mom, dad, uncle Jeff, grandpa Benjamin. What? What kind of drugs are you guys on? Why'd you put me through all this? Why was I in a random woman's arms? Why was Why'd I? Why'd you do this to me? Why was I saved by a drone? We'll get to that. <laughs> we will get to that. There's so but, much. But wait, access. we start off. The K find them, and immediately the Hardy starts shooting fireworks at them. Welcome to the Hadi compound. Go on. What else happened? So, and Abyss is running, which is fucking hilarious in its own right. He finds the dilapidated boat known they as Skarsgård. They use Skarsgård. They kind of hit all the key points from uh, Final Deletion. They use the fireworks. They use the boat. Yeah, so, so you got to picture him. He's standing up with the boat. The boat's in front of him. Jeff, Jeff, run, Jeff runs at him, kicks it, and all of a sudden you see Abyss go into the water. Now. And then they sort of split up in their own direction. Matt Hardy goes so you, looking so for that, Rosemary. Yeah, you see that. And then all of a sudden you see Senior Benjamin attending to the boat. And all of a sudden you see Joseph Park pop out of the water in his suit. He's his old... That was when Joseph I lost Park's it. I lost Esquire. It. I lost... I saw that. that Benjamin, was... I love... It's... What the fuck are you talking about? Have you seen me, nombre, me, hombre? Up there, up. Oh my god, it was so. <laughs> it was so crazy. Oh my god, and then he's like, me a hug, and he chases, and he chases him. He chases Abyss, who's dressed in a suit with a normal face, his old lawyer gimmick, Esquire. And then we cut back to Crazy Steve and Jeff Hardy. Fighting like two kids by a pool, and he does the side effect to Crazy Steve into the pool and chokes him with one of those inflatable pool toys. 
Yeah, and apparently, apparently that kills someone. Apparently you can kill somebody with one of those, which I never knew. But apparently, but then Crazy Steve is apparently Jason Voorhees because he pops out of the water and drags Jeff Hardy under. And then he comes up with his makeup all washed off, but then the camera glitches out and he like... And then, makeup, and then, two, sec- and then two seconds later, the makeup's back on his face. And he's like, paint regeneration. And I'm like... What the fuck was that? And believe it or not, it gets weirder from there. We cut so to- so we go from that part to now. Now Rosemary is running through the woods. She's trying to get back to the to that mansion. The whole purpose for her doing this is to get the baby. She wants Maxel. She wants King Maxel. So she gets him, and all of a sudden you see the drone. Vanguard, Vanguard one. one. And at first you think Vanguard One, Vanguard One is a the fucking thing talks. Vanguard One is a sentient living drone with AI who apparently will live and die by the by by Matt Hardy. And he's like, "Put him down, witch!" And she sprays she sprays that same stuff that Tajiri spits out at. Vanguard One, like apparently killing it. I'm. We have to assume Vanguard One is now dead. And then, oh my God, you see Abyss who has returned. He's come out of the grave and he has assaulted Senor Benjamin. He has come back and him and Crazy Steve are about to murder Matt Hardy with Janice, his bat with nails in it. But then, then in the emotional spot of the match, if you can call this a match. Yeah, this wasn't even a match. This was just absurd. This was an art piece. <laughs> Let's thank Jeremy Boras for this one because apparently he's the one that's behind all the cameras. Oh my God! God damn it! Thank you, Jeremy Boras. But what does who saves Matt Hardy from the wrath of Janice? Brother Nero. Brother Nero throws himself in the way and takes a nail bat to the stomach. There's no blood, but there might as well be. And yeah, then all we, see, all we see is his face, and we are to assume he he's died. dying. But then Matt Hardy. He was, he was hated Brother Nero. He was like, Brother Nero, that was so unselfish. And then Vanguard 1, this is before Vanguard 1 gets destroyed, comes in and starts firing off like pop, like pop shots at, uh, at Crazy Steven Abyss. And he, he's like, they're running for their lives. Yeah. And then, Abyss is attempting to run. And they just okay. they try to dodge all the attacks. So and then... then then we the get spot the of the fucking moment. thing happens. The spot of the match, not the match, the spot of the whole short film comes to a head. Rosemary and Matt Hardy have their confrontation. She spits the green Tajiri mist at Matt Hardy, and he breathes it in. They, they do this thing where they, <laughs> they reverse the footage. They reverse the footage. Like, it goes back into his mouth. He does... That weird cum face he does where he's like, yeah, ha, 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 ha. He does that weird face and spits the mist right back in her face. And apparently this is like holy water to her. So this burns her and she runs away. Well, it is mist. It is mist. And that shit went, uh, apparently went in her eyes. So she ran off. And then we The wife's safe. The baby's safe. The baby is safe. Jeff Hardy is laying there dying. But then <laughs> Vanguard One is down. But then we get to the quote-unquote cliffhanger of this whole debacle, where the Decay are retreating, but they've put Senor Benjamin in the trunk of their car, and now we have to hashtag save Senor Benjamin. This this storyline is ridiculous. I don't know where I, they're gonna go with this it. This storyline is crazy, ridiculous, insane, and out of control. And I can't wait to see what they're gonna do next. I have a theory. I have a theory on how they're going to end this. and hopefully, Lay it on me, brother. Lay me on it. Lay, hope, lay, lay it on I, me. I, I'm not 100% sure this is going to happen, but I think they're going to reveal that Jeff Hardy is behind Decay. Ooh, that's pretty good. It sounds such It's such a TNA thing to do. Jeff Hardy is behind the whole thing. They set up Matt Hardy. They set up his family, all the trouble that they've been going through with Decay. It just seems so perfect. Oh my god, I cannot wait to see what, like, I assume there's going to be, like, the third and final installment of this trilogy. Always stop at three, the rule of three, but I cannot wait 
to see. Because apparently this is ending at Bound for Glory. Apparently, when they finally fight for the tag team championships, which I am going to be watching Bound for Glory just for that. Yeah, this will be on pay-per-view. So Um, God only knows what they're going to do. What insane horseshit they're coming up with next. So that is Delete or Decay. If you have not been watching this, the final deletion, or any of the insane nonsense that the Hardy Boys have been cobbling together... Go watch it. Google it. YouTube it. Find it on YouTube or Daily Motion. You will not regret it because it is simply some of the most insane, undiluted, pure, 100% nonsense I have ever seen. But it is one of the most endearing and entertaining things you will ever watch. There is a passion. There is a passion to their madness, and it is infectious as hell. So that's delete or decay. And now we're going to move. Delete. Exactly. Delete. 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 <laughs> thank you for taking. Thank you for playing us off, Matt. Broken, Matt. Thank you so much. But now we're going to move on from the madness of the Hardy Boys to, to the wonderful, to the excellence and the wonder of the cruiserweight classic, the one of the best things on television this year. Which is which is amazing. The it's amazing class. that this that the same company that produces the shit that we see on Raw is the one that ge- gives us the Cruiserweight Classic. The Cruiserweight Classic has been producing some of the best matches I've seen all year. That like three of my favorite matches in this Cruiserweight Classic have probably been Grand Metalik versus Tajiri, Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano. Cedric Alexander versus Kota Ibushi. So many great matches. I, I, would, I would agree. I don't agree on the Metalik and Tajiri match. I would put the Ibushi and Kendrick match up there as well. Oh, that was great too. But I, Ibushi, I really Ibushi has had two like matches of the year. Oh my god. I am so glad that he is one of the ten cruiserweights they've immediately signed for uh, they've immediately signed for uh, Raw for their New crew for their new cruiserweight division. Yeah. By the way, before we get into our predictions, let's give you let's give the fans that are listening to this right now a the full list of the cruiserweights that will be debuting on Raw this week. Um, let's talk about the cruiserweights that are going to be joining the Raw roster in exact in one week. They're debuting next week, right? Yep. Let, like I'm going to refine what is going what they're going to be so if I can recall from the top of my head it's going to be um, it's going to be Kota Ibushi is Kota Ibushi going to be there? No, he's not signed. Well, well, what I do know who is going to be there is they are going to have the the Brian Kendrick is going to be on Raw, which I am very happy about because I was amazed he went as far as he did. On- honestly, honestly, I wanted him to win this tournament. I honestly kind of did. I was honestly a little. I was honestly really sad when he lost because he really went the distance in this tournament. But after his performances, he deserves to be back on the main roster, and he will be a part of the cruiserweight division. Also, names like Cedric Alexander, which I am very. Ring of Honor wasn't doing that guy any favors, so I am very happy that he is here. On, uh, I am very happy that he is here on uh, the main roster now, and he has deserved it. He really does, because his match with Kota Ibushi was so good, and honestly, one of the most emotional things I have ever seen is everybody chanting, please sign Cedric, and then Triple H walks on out and he just says, okay, I'll sign him. That and, was, gra- and, gra- and then proceeds to grab him by the neck and push him through the curtain, but th- th- <laughs> that was fine. That was okay. He, he needed to end it. But here is the, I found it, here is the full list of people that are going to be on the September 19th edition of Raw in Memphis, and it goes as following. These are the members of the CWC competition that are going to be joining the Raw main roster. It's going to be Grand Metalik, which I'm very very excited about. Akira Tozawa. Which I loved. Jack Gallagher. He's fucking awesome. He is so good. If you keep it gentlemanly, I'll keep it gentlemanly. Our boy. He he seems like a person that would fit in the VOD villains, but he seems perfect for the cruiserweights on Raw. He really does. Our boy, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling. Which is great. He also, he will be having a match on the on tonight's episode of CWC. 
which I'm very excited about to see. Our, uh, the Sicilian psychopath, Tommaso Ciampa. He will have he will be in action tonight as well because I think they promoted a tag team match, which, which will the be way, very good. And I predict a heel turn is happening during that match. Ooh, we will have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. We'll give our full predictions for the CWC finale in just a moment. But to finish off the list, of course, we said Cedric Alexander, and he is joining the roster. We have Rich Swan, who's really good. He deserves it. The Brian Kendrick, who also deserves it. I'm so proud of him. I am very proud of him as well. And we have Noam Dar. I really didn't care for him at all in this tournament. I've seen him in. I've seen him in the also excellent WCPW What Culture Pro Wrestling, and he put on some great matches there. But it's just like when it came to the Cruiserweight Classic, it was like not much to he, him. He really did blow me away until his match with Zack Saber Jr., which was, was like, amazing. Okay, okay, but now you want to show me something that you can do? It's like okay. But moving on to the final <clears throat> number and. We have a friend who loves this guy devoutly. It is going to be T.J. Perkins. My God, he's pu- he's pulled some shockers in this tournament. I know. I honestly was amazed when he went over on Gargano. I thought it was going to be Johnny Wrestling all the way. But no, apparently they want to push T.J. Perkins to the moon in, uh, for the Cruiserweight division. But good for them, man, because he's, he's an A-plus talent. We saw him live once again at House of Glory Wrestling. He was very excellent there, so I'm happy to see him. And the, amount of, and the amount of bullshit that he went through in TNA, he oh, deserves this. Oh, God, trust me, he deserves putting him it. Un, putting him under a mask. This guy is a good-looking motherfucker. He does not need to be under a mask. He really doesn't. But moving on, we're going to get... It has been <clears throat> one hell of a tournament. It's blown by really fast. Was it? What was it, 14 weeks or 10 weeks? A 10-week tournament? 10-week was, and it's gone by like that. It's gone by really fast. I felt like they rushed the matches a, a little too much, to be honest. Because how many matches were in each episode? Two or three? Yeah, I think there were like, when it was in the first round matchups, I think there were maybe like four an episode. I don't think four. I think around three, but yeah. Yeah, matches, it, was three. it was three. Ma- actually. Matches, matches were coming fast. It was like, okay. Fast and, and furious. Sh- which I loved about this tournament, too, is that they kept showing the brackets so you didn't get lost. Yeah, that was always good. But now we're down to the final four. And the final four in the tournament are as follows. Grand Metalik, Zack Sabre Jr., TJ Perkins, and Kota Ibushi. Who is your... Who will for the, will the matches as they are right now are going to well, be... The se- well, one of the semifinal matches is Grand Metalik versus Zack Sabre Jr. And the other match is TJ Perkins versus... Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi. So let's go through each match individually. Who do you think is going to take it in Grand Metalik versus Zack Sabre Jr.? Because I don't think Zack Sabre Jr. has been signed yet. Zack, uh, apparently he does not want to sign with them yet. He wants to continue touring the world. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing with WWE. I don't think they want somebody that is not under a contract to, to win the win trophy. CWC. So I'm thinking, I think we're both in agreement here, the, the Grand, Grand Metalik is going, going over. over. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement on that. And so, here, and, but here's the trouble. We now have Kota Ibushi against TJ Perkins. T- Kota Ibushi has been the all-star of this tournament. Are but, they really going to have him lose to TJ Perkins? That's the problem. So we're going to have to see later tonight, but as far as my prediction goes, I am going to go with Kota Ibushi just because I think he's been the MVP of this whole tournament. I think he's going to go on to face Grand Metalik, and as far as... As that match is concerned, if I really got to go with my gut here, I think it's going to be Kota Ibushi to take the whole thing. They could swerve us. They could they could surprise us. But I think Kota Ibushi is a safe bet to take home the gold. Mm. I, I, I think Grand Metalik is going to get the win. Like, I'd like Grand Metalik to win. I really have enjoyed him in this tournament. But as far as, like, the realistic... Because I don't think WWE wants to hedge their bets on a luchador. Unless they do, because... Like, they put a lot of stock in Rey Mysterio for years. I feel like they need a new Rey Mysterio to, like, and, market and, to and, the kids. And Sin Cara and Kalisto have been fails up to this point. Oh, my God. They really have. I feel like they <clears> need <throat> to hedge their bets on a brand new, fresh loot <clears throat> store that is now, like, crowd-tested and entertaining. So I think as far – like, between those two, I think it is either going to go to Kota Ibushi or Grand Metalik. Would you agree? I would say Grand Metalik, and I think – he should immediately get the cruiserweight title. 
Like, like the belt should transform, like the trophy. Like the, like the trophy should turn into a belt. Oh my god, how, how fucking ridiculous would that be? Because it makes sense. You, you put these guys through ten weeks of matches just to get a trophy? Yeah. Maybe, it, like, the guy who gets the trophy, like, immediately becomes, like, number one contender for the title, and then there's, like, a battle royal on Raw to decide who faces him. But that's the, also the issue, too, is that if Abushi goes over, he's not under contract with them. I know. Unless they get him for one more appearance on Raw. Which I hope, I really hope that they bring him on because he is so good, man. He has been, that powerbomb is one of the most murderous powerbombs I have ever seen. It's, so, it's insane. Such good stuff. So overall, I feel like the, the CWC and Lucha Underground had been one of the most entertaining things in all of 2016 as far as wrestling is concerned. Raw and SmackDown have kind of gone back and forth as far as quality is concerned, but I, I have to say, Raw and SmackDown been way better this year than it ever was in like 2014 or 2015. Yeah, it, it's it's been progressively getting better, and I think they've evened out into just decent. At Raw, at their worst right now is just kind of average. Yeah. So Ben, I, let me ask you this: This was their first installment of the Cruiserweight Classic. They're definitely going to do it again next year. On a rating, what would you give this year's Cruiserweight Classic? Out of ten, honestly, out of ten, out of 10 because like, ten out of ten for me because I would there were several matches where I was on the edge of my seat. I wanted to see who was going to win. If there is an event that gives me more than five <coughs> amazing matches, you know that shit's got to be ten out of ten. Yeah, I would say I would give it a ten out of ten as well. It is simply if you have not gotten a WWE Network subscription yet, and God, why haven't you? This is well worth the nine ninety nine because it is incredible. Yeah, and when they do it next year, there's one name that they have to get for it. And I think, I think it, if you've grown, if you watch wrestling in the New York area, I think you know the guy. He, you could say he's a prince. He is a prince. Do Who you, is he, Mike? His name is Ricochet. Oh, fuck. Yeah, he's a bit of a prince. He fights in the underground, and his name is Ricochet. And you can see him coming soon at the very first installment of Infinite Wrestling. And what's the date for it? It's December 3rd, I believe? It is Infinite Wrestling installment one will be debuting saturday december 3rd 2016 at eight o'clock at the lovely queensboro elks lodge in elmers elmers new york it's, so gonna come on a, down. it's gonna be a fun event it is going to be fantastic i just know it they they've only announced ricochet so far but i'm sure they'll be announcing a lot more talent soon so follow the infinite wrestling facebook page and you can get all the juicy details about who's going to be gracing the elks lodge with their appearance Man, what an episode. What a, what, 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 a de- what a debut episode that we just had. What an inaugural episode for the General Admission Wrestling Podcast. I sincerely hope all of you have enjoyed our first broadcast. And this is, and this is Avenging Ben. And this is Whole Milk Mike. Saying, you have a good fucking night. This has been the General Admission Wrestling Podcast.